BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And today I'm going to be joined by Arielle Lore from The Blonde Files for our current mood combo. I've been following her for a while. She is a lifestyle, wellness, and health influencer, obviously in the digital space. But something that really drew me to her is that she is actually sober. Six years ago, obviously being an influencer and all that stuff was far from the case, she nearly lost her battle against addiction and decided to turn her life around by relentlessly pursuing health and happiness. So she has an amazing podcast, an amazing Instagram, and we had such a great conversation. Her story is so inspiring. I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. It's going to make you feel relaxed but inspired at the same time. And I realized she's actually like the first other person that I've had on the podcast that is actually sober. So I thought that'd be really interesting for those of you that are interested obviously if you're not interested in the sobriety aspect she still has amazing just like lifestyle anxiety stress just you know all this stuff we love here on mood as well so make sure to tune in for that but first let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week my worst mood of the week is that (laughs) sometimes I feel like I switch off and I'll have like a prevalent worst mood and then the next week I'll have a more prevalent best mood and so I think my worst mood was just kind of being like a little annoyed that my worst mood was like hey actually you thought you had the week off but like here I am so that was kind of annoying I just I honestly was feeling super super down this week so I would think I would just have to say my worst mood is just down I just felt really depleted I felt really just honestly like negative and I even like told my therapist at in my session this week I was like I know I'm just like honestly in a super negative mood and I'm in a super negative headspace and it's just one of those things where obviously you know I I know how to honor my feelings to a certain point now in my life but it's definitely one of those things where sometimes when you're just down and you really are down it fucking sucks and it's not even just like that anxiety or stress because those things almost give you like a little bit of like adrenaline and like jitters and like it's a little more uppity sometimes and I was just down so I slept a lot i figured out that part of the reason is I was actually getting a little bit sick and I think we always forget how much our physical health actually affects our mental health and so for me I know that however I'm feeling is going to be super negatively negatively impacted by my physical health if that is suffering so I kind of started figuring that out later in the week at first I was just like oh I'm tired and I'm cranky and I'm down then I really started noticing that I wasn't feeling super well 
And so that's kind of always a good thing to check in with your physical body, just so you're not as hard on yourself. Because if your body's really kind of, you know, suffering, maybe you're fatigued, maybe you're getting a cold, like just something like that, it really, really depletes you. And then it almost makes your mood worse because it's just it's hard to be in a great mood when you're not feeling well physically. I mean, just think about it. Right. So obviously I ended up getting a little bit sick. I'm on antibiotics now. I'm not feeling a hundo percent, but like I think literally as of an hour ago, I started feeling better. So let's get a round of applause. Get a round of applause for Lauren Elizabeth pulling herself together to record a podcast for you guys. My best mood this week was not hating Valentine's Day because as my first time being single for a very long time on Valentine's Day, I was kind of dreading it. I wasn't, um, you know, I wouldn't say I was looking forward to the uh, holiday, but it wasn't really that bad, honestly. And I think that's something to celebrate. I think it's, you know what, it's a fucking best mood when it really wasn't that bad. I had a nice relaxing day. I told myself I wasn't going to go on social media because I didn't want to feel bad, but obviously I'm addicted to my motherfucking phone and I went on but uh, it didn't really make me feel bad and I think the main thing that made me remember that for all you single ladies out there is I was that person posting on Valentine's Day last year and look at me now you know what I mean (laughs) not to anyone that's in a relationship being like hey you're gonna be like me down in the dumps in uh, 12 months no 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 I'm not negative Nancy over here. I think it just puts it into perspective that not everything is perfect. Not everyone is perfectly happy in a perfect relationship because there's also no such thing as those things. And I even had a friend and her boyfriend uh, call me the next day. And I was like, honestly, like you're one of the only people's captions I liked on Instagram because it was just so real and so hilarious. And she was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I almost deleted that picture today. We got in a fight last night. I slept in the guest bedroom. Like no one's fucking relationships. Perfect. You're fine. And it's just like so funny. And hopefully. Hopefully you guys have friends like that too that like don't pretend like everything in their life is perfect because that's their own projection of their insecurities and having people to kind of like hold you accountable, hype you up and like not have the worst fucking Valentine's Day in the world. And just remember, it was a Hallmark holiday and I hope that wasn't your worst mood of the week. And if it is, guess what? We got through it. It's done. Moving on to the next thing, hot girl summer. Am I right, ladies, or am I right? If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know I've been loving Malin and Getz products and everything the brand stands for. It's modern, minimalistic, uncomplicated, the new 2021 buzzword. Malin and Getz was started by two partners, Matthew Malin and Andrew Getz, who lived in a small NYC apartment with a tiny bathroom and no storage. I mean, who can relate? The founders set out to create a range of products that were not only effective, but also felt good, smelled good, and looked good in the bathroom too. They developed a range of uncomplicated skin-forward products with a modern minimalist approach and coined the term uncomplicate your regimen, which is based on a less is more philosophy, a tried and trusted two-step system to deliver healthy and balanced skin through a great cleanser and moisturizer. If you watch my YouTube video, you've seen this two-step system in action. I also use their bergamot hand and body wash every single day. It's made with hydrating amino acids to cleanse the skin of daily dirt and grime while also hydrating so it won't ever dry out or strip your skin, which is something that I love about their products. They are so conscious of making sure like 
they don't strip your skin, which is something I fear because I hate having dry skin and I'm very prone to it. So you're always left feeling clean and comfortable. And an added bonus is it smells like fresh citrus, but it isn't like super overpowering like some of the other cleansers I've tried. And after cleansing, obviously we moisturize. Moisturizers are probably the most crucial step to your skincare routine. I'm so obsessed with their vitamin B5 body moisturizer. It leaves my skin hydrated all day long and it's made to absorb quickly. So it leaves no residue or greasiness. That's actually my biggest pet peeve about body moisturizers and why I didn't use them growing up is because I just like hated that feeling. And also fun fact is Melanie gets sent my mom her very own PR package because she was stealing all my products. We're both so obsessed with the vitamin B5 body moisturizer. It's filled with antioxidants that provide additional protection against environmental aggressors and free radicals. And it's lightly scented with refreshing bergamot, which is why I love pairing it with the bergamot handed body wash. It's one of my favorite smells. It's just like so like rich you know what I mean I love these two products I use them throughout my entire house you can see them at my kitchen sink you see them at my bathroom sink on my mom's nightstand in my shower like all Malin Getz products they are cruelty free and made for everyone regardless of skin type even the most sensitive like me I'm sensitive from the inside out you guys they will leave you fresh, hydrated, and smelling great. I'm obsessed and know you guys will be too. Some of you guys have already been using my code and absolutely addicted. So if you haven't yet, use code Lauren15 to try it out yourself. So obviously you guys know Malin and Getz is like literally one of my all-time favorites. It's always one of my mood boosters. And speaking of mood boosters, let's uh, dive right in, shall we? Literally, I know I say this all the time, but I just have to reiterate it literally taking a shower I literally had to shower before this podcast and I know it's late I was like oh my god I need to record the podcast I was sick so I pushed it a little bit but I couldn't even do it till I showered you guys because like I couldn't be in the right headspace just feeling that grimy and so literally showered a new mood booster for me which me and my friend Emma were talking about on the phone last night we were cracking up I was like do you ever just like, I don't know, rub yourself down in like super dark self tanner because you just want to feel hot, even though you have nowhere to go and you're like wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt? And she was like, absolutely. Like, I don't know what it is. I just bought St. Tropez. If you watched my currently loving video on YouTube, I talked about it as well. I just bought the bronzing mousse, which is a total throwback for me. And Luckily, like growing up, I had really dry skin. Obviously, like with all these amazing products, I don't anymore for some like crazy reason. I don't know how I didn't figure that out in high school. But like, oh, my God, you guys, I've been feeling just like so like hot, like dare I say hot. And I, I say hot because like it's just something about being tan is like hot. You know what I mean? Like Paris Hilton, like that's hot. Not like, oh my God, like hot. Okay. I'm going to like not get too deep into that, but you know what I mean? So honestly, having a tan is a really big mood booster. It just, it just brings life into your body. And I don't know if I've mentioned this maybe in the past couple of weeks, but I, I just have to reiterate this shit. You guys, it really does make a difference. It really feels good. I think another mood booster for me is kind of like a throwback from early quarantine days because I just like haven't really been feeling well. I feel like I haven't had to deal with my social anxiety so much because I you I haven't really been able to see anyone. And like especially in LA, like there's kind of stuff to do a little bit now. You still have to be super safe, but like there's just something in me where like I'm like really having a hard time like getting back out there. Like like physically, like in general. And so something that's kind of helped me at least a little bit is like kind of just always answering the phone. And I know that sounds simple, but it's something that I'm really just taking the 
kind of unique digital opportunities we have right now because there's so many like events on Zoom and meetings on Zoom. Like the other last night, I went to a sober curious Q&A with uh, Steph. She runs the fun shit blog for people that are sober curious and younger. And I was just like, it's on Zoom. Like, it's so easy. So I was like, hey, like, send me the Zoom invite. Like, I'd love to come. And it was just like an hour of my night that, like, I didn't have to get ready. I didn't have to leave the house, have all that anxiety. And I just got to kind of connect with people over something like that. Whereas, like, before the pandemic, like, we wouldn't have had all of these, like, digital things. I've been going on Clubhouse, which is like that new app. And I I think it's fun just because like a bunch of my friends are on it. So I was on it with Cody and Kelsey and Jackie and Claudia and Kenzie and Dom. Like it's so much fun. And it feels like I have this like hour of social time and then I can like kind of keep chilling. So it's helping me kind of get out of like this little bubble that I've created for myself. And even though I'm not fully back out there yet, it's at least giving me that mood boosting reminder of like, you love your friends, you need social interaction, like obviously no shit, but it's still hard to to get out of these new habits we've built for ourselves. So I've really been liking utilizing the digital aspects because there's still obviously not a ton to do. I do look forward to the day where it's kind of like we just have the freedom to do whatever we want again, but I don't fully feel like we have that right now. And I find myself just really missing my friends and stuff and just really utilizing FaceTime and Zoom and Clubhouse and all of those things. I also really want to kind of bring you guys into this mood boosting community. And so I am going to be having a live event on February 27th. Claudia, girl with no job, is going to come. Meadowlark, who you guys have heard on the podcast before. She is the local optimist mental health professional. So I'm going to have them on. We're going to be doing a bunch of kind of like mental health centered things. We're going to focus on stress versus anxiety. We're going to focus on kind of how to make mood boosters habits, how to how to put a boundary between your expectations versus reality, just different stuff like that. We're going to be focusing on, and it's going to be obviously just a group of us, people that listen and love the podcast mood. You guys can get your tickets on Instagram at mood with Lauren Elizabeth, and it's going to be from 12 PM Pacific standard time to about 3 PM. I'm also obviously going to be doing giveaways. I'm going to put together some mood boosting gift baskets and ship them out for you guys. So I'm really, really excited because it's a mood booster for me to have these ways to connect with people digitally. And so I really wanted to bring you guys into it because I've always wanted to do some type of live show or like meet you guys. And it's just been so long. And I feel like we are really doing something great around here. And I want you guys to meet each other. I want to be able to talk to you guys. And I think it'll be really, really, really fun, but also really, really helpful. So if you guys want to RSVP, get even more details, just head over to Instagram at mood with Lauren Elizabeth. Obviously, you can find me at Lauren Elizabeth. And that's really all I have for mood boosters this week. I've just been taking the time I need for myself, really connecting with people digitally, not being too hard on myself and really just trying to take care of my mental health because there are really, really hard days and then you just really have to cherish the good days but also even just the good moments even if I get the two things I need to get done for work today talk to a couple friends on the phone and that's all I do today you know what we're all gonna be fine we're all gonna survive it's gonna be okay and at least you always have a current mood combo conversation to boost your mood get you inspired and remind you to take care of yourself and remind you that there's so many amazing mood boosting things in the world Another thing that affects my mood is my period because I mean the female body. Am I right ladies? No, but seriously, like it's really 
sometimes it's not easy to find period care that really like fits your lifestyle and you know is good for the planet and it's also looking out for your body because like you're putting it in your body so it's like why were we not taught these things you know what I mean but okay here's the thing I need you guys to try flex because flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe you guys body safe they're made for comfort and they're made to keep you moving so the flex disc is a one-time use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body one flex disc can be worn for up to 12 hours and holds as much flow as three super tampons i mean is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard it's not a cup though you guys it's unlike any other period product you've seen before i really like the way it looks and feels like not to get like too graphic but it's it's something that's super easy. It's a super easy, relaxed part of my routine. It's not something to stress about. And like the, my period already comes with enough struggles, like having to figure out tampons and like do all that stuff. Like Flex makes it so much easier. The Flex disc also reduces waste by 60% compared to pads and tampons. So the planet will thank you too. And if you want to go zero waste, check out the Flex cup, a reusable cup made with velvety soft material for a comfortable fit. If you've thought about trying a menstrual cup, this is the one, you guys. Flex offers the only menstrual cup on the market with a pull tab so you remove it the way you'd remove a tampon. It's so easy, you already know how to use it. Your Flex cup is 100% reusable and lasts for years. Plus, it's completely body safe and non-toxic. Flex's products are worth the learning curve. And Flex has videos, diagrams, FAQs, and even live chat Flexperts on their website to help you along the way. Honestly, you guys, this is pretty groundbreaking so to so say goodbye to leaks mess and stress and say hello to healthier periods for people and the planet with flex go to flexfits.com slash mood and use code mood for 20 percent off flex disc starter kits or 10 percent off your first flex cup plus free shipping to the u.s that's code mood at flex f-l-e-x fits.com slash mood now I'm joined by Arielle. If I'm not crazy, which I am, you are actually the first person that is sober on my podcast. And I'm obviously also sober and I announced it, which is like a, um, you know, a super like not appropriate word for it on my podcast, like in 2020. And People are so fascinated. And so I'm so excited for everyone, not only to get to meet you, but also just hear from someone else who has kind of like been there and really turned their life around. I mean, you have so much more time under your belt than me and your journey and your story is so inspiring. So will you tell everyone just like a little bit about like your kind of, I guess, like journey to getting sober? Yeah. So let's see. I'll try to do like the condensed version. Um, I have been sober for almost seven years coming up at the end of February. And when I look back on my life, there was kind of like the before sobriety and then the after sobriety. And the before sobriety is like just it's like watching a movie. Um, you know, it's like the the more time that I get away from it, the more detached from that person that I am because I was just such a hot mess. I was lost um, and I was, you know, treating myself with alcohol. Alcohol and drugs were really my solution to life. Um, I 
come from a background, you know, my dad was a doctor, my mom stayed at home with my brother and I, we went to private school, we drove Volvos, like we were responsible people. And um, there's no addiction or anything in either side of my family as far back as you can go. And um, for me, you know, when I look back on it, I can see now that I always just felt really uncomfortable in my skin. And from the outside, it looked like I had everything going for me. You know, I was popular. I was, I did well academically. I played sports, all of that. I was pretty engaged. But on the inside, I just felt like I was just a little bit off from everybody else. I just felt a little awkward, a little uncomfortable. Like everyone else got the manual to life and I didn't, which I'm sure you've heard before. (laughs) So I found alcohol like probably junior or senior year of high school. And from that first drink, it was just like on. I will never forget my first drink (laughs) because it was such a spiritual experience where it was like literally at once I felt comfortable. I felt at ease. I felt confident. I felt like that little barrier that was between me and everybody else just kind of slipped away. And I was going through like a bad relationship at the time. All of a sudden I you know, didn't give a shit about that. (laughs) And it was like, oh, wow. Like I was like the perfect amount of like numb and confident, I guess, and comfortable. And it just took off from there. I mean, everything that I had going for me, all of my priorities just kind of slipped away and alcohol, drinking really became like my primary purpose in life and drugs became a part of it very quickly because I found that there were drugs that could enhance my drinking. So I wasn't like that Mm. chick that was blacking out everywhere because that was like my, you know, I would black out. I would have to be picked up at parties by my parents because I was like such a mess. I would wake up in the hospital. I'd wake up in my car not knowing where I was. Like it just, it was, it was pretty bad from the beginning. And, uh, yeah, so I got pretty into drugs and all of that. And I ended up going to rehab when I was 20. And that kind of started like just this really dark period where I was going to rehab every couple of years, just could not get my life together. And I always thought that it was the external things. I was like, well, I just have to like get back into school, you know, because I dropped out of college. And it's like, if I go to school and if I get the right job and the right boyfriend and the right apartment and the right car and like all these external things, I thought that. I would be fixed, you know, and I kind of chased that delusion until I finally got sober seven years ago where, you know, at that point I was like having seizures all the time, um, living like alone pretty much in squalor in this apartment in West Hollywood, in and out of the hospital. And, you know, that's where it had gotten me. So it got really bad. And that's my condensed version. I know it's not very (laughs) condensed, but (laughs) no, I mean, trust me, like when you combined like so many blackouts, like into one, it definitely like feels like a very condensed version. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, I think too, like everyone's, I mean, for obviously people that, you know, have never gotten sober. And like, I know there's a lot of, there's especially kind of the trend right now too, of like sober curious and people just kind of realizing that like drinking isn't as good for their health and stuff. And I think something that I've learned too, from just being sober for a little over a year is like how different everyone's bottom is. Because Mm -hmm. even when you said like, Oh, I went to rehab when I was 20 and was in the hospital, like, it's, you know, it is so interesting how you still can kind of like convince yourself that there's these other factors, or you can 
like we couldn't let go of drinking or admit that it was the problem because even for me I was like well one day I'll probably have to go to rehab and it'll be so Mm -hmm. luxurious (laughs) and amazing (laughs) and then of course when I had to get sober I was like I don't have time to go to rehab are you kidding me yeah I was like I can't do this that's so expensive I have to work and Mm -hmm. so I always feel like I really got chipped of that experience you know (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) I I did it four five times four times I can't remember when I finally got sober this last time, I was like delirious, okay? I had been in a blackout for like two months. Like I said, seizures in and out of the hospital. My family flew out here. I had another grand mal seizure in front of them. And then I was in the hospital to get stabilized for like four days. I barely remember this, but I do remember at one point them coming in and being like, you have to go to rehab. And they gave me three options. One I had already been to. One was in Malibu and I didn't want to go there because I didn't want to be in LA, like just in case anybody that I knew was there, you know. Um, And the last option was in Utah. And I was like, oh, I think Lindsay Lohan went here. That's where I'm going to go. And that was like what, <laughs> that was the driving force behind my decision to go there. And I laugh about it now because I'm like, wow, Lindsay Lohan was like my North Star. <laughs> yeah, like literally. Like, that's, like, like that's that is very problematic. Precursor for like bottom, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Lindsay Lohan being like the hot commodity in the yes. situation. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, obviously when you do the condensed version, it's just like, how do you, hit this like version of a bottom so many times then finally decide because especially looking at you like as someone who just follows along of your journey too it it looks like you made such like a, a 360 life change almost because I don't you know I don't know what your personal personality was like obviously before sobriety but it's like you are really into like wellness and just like you seem like I I admire like your kind of drive for education and just like your relationship with your body and food and like all that stuff. So did did everything kind of change for you finally? Or like, what was that kind of process? And even like building that kind of like Ariel after hitting bottom? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I before I got sober, I really didn't know who I was. And what I did know, I really didn't like You know, I felt so ashamed of the fact that I felt uncomfortable and awkward and socially and just like in my skin. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, you know, I felt different from my friends and I saw them all go to school and grad school. And, you know, so I felt so much shame about that. And I feel like over the years of drinking, like I just kept adding these layers to the facade. And I was just showing people who I wanted them to see who I thought that I wanted other people to see, if that makes sense. I didn't want people to know that I was ashamed and afraid and kind of lost and aimless. And like now looking back, it's like that's in your early 20s, mid 20s, like everybody, you know, (laughs) it's like part of life. Um, But when I finally got sober, yeah, it was like all of a sudden, all of those layers had been peeled away. And I was Mm -hmm. like, who am I? I have no idea. And, you know, it's just been kind of like an evolution. I did get really into health and wellness and all of that a couple years into sobriety after I had kind of addressed all of the underlying causes for why I was drinking because, you know, the alcohol was like the the symptom of experiencing underneath it. And I did have trauma and these things that I had kind of accrued along my drinking career. But, 
Yeah. So I started actually my Instagram account like five years ago. And at that point I was two years sober and I was like, well, I feel mentally like I'm good, but physically, you know, I just feel like I kind of don't know my body. And so I started my account as a fitness account and then it just kind of turned into other things. Um, And yeah, in the last year I've gone back to school and it's like now I just keep adding things to my life. And like, I have no idea what direction it's going to go in. Um, I definitely didn't think that I would be back in school. You know, I kind of feel like I'm living out my 20s in my 30s because my 20s were a blackout. So now I feel like I'm doing all the things that I didn't do then. And there's so much that I want to do. And yeah, like I said in the beginning, like I look back on that person before and I'm like, God, like I have no clue who that person was, but I just know that I was so filled with fear and like self-loathing that I just had to bury it all with alcohol. And as a result of that, you know, I was a really shitty person. (laughs) I couldn't show up. I wasn't accountable. You know, I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't a good daughter. I wasn't a good girlfriend. I would cheat on everybody. I was like a mess. You know, it was just like a disaster. Like I was a tornado running through people's lives before. (laughs) And now I like to think I'm the opposite. Yeah, like literally just like a nice like ocean breeze running yeah. through people's <laughs> lives now. I mean, like that's that's how your Instagram makes me feel. I'm like, this Aww. is a fabulous ocean breeze. <laughs> I mean, Thank it's you. true though. It's it's um I think there's a lot I think what I've learned at least too from someone is that you either find people that are like super open about their sobriety or like you have no idea that someone's sober. And so I think there is like I I at least find it interesting and you've obviously been sober way longer, which I know I said, but do you ever like, what do you think when you kind of like, are people like interested in your sobriety or like, do you notice that more people are like kind of talking about like quitting drinking and sober curious? Like, cause I feel like that's something that's like pretty new. Cause even so many people are always like, Oh, like, do you smoke weed? Or like, how did you quit drinking? Or are you going to start drinking again? And I'm just like, Cause it's almost like recovery is kind of something that like people don't really know. And like, I didn't know anything about it. Like I thought mm-hmm. AA was going to be like the most terrifying episode of this is us. Mm-hmm. And I was not thrilled about it. And now I'm like, I've gotten like kicked off an AA Zoom meeting for being too silly. Like, it's just like <laughs> high school for me all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so like, do you, have you like seen that kind of like shift on Instagram of people like talking about that stuff? Cause you've been around it for so long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I never really thought about it until you said it, but yes, I can relate to you. I mean, I thought that like getting sober would be the worst thing ever, ever. And like the end of my life and it sounds cheesy, but it's like the best part of my life. And it was really the beginning. And, you know, I never really thought twice about sharing it. It's just a big, it's a big part of my story and a big part of who I am. And in the beginning, people were kind of like, oh, yay, yeah, that's great. Like, you know, hand claps on my (laughs) anniversaries whenever I would share about it. But for sure, in the last few years, and especially 2020, people were like, hey, (laughs) by the way, um, I'm reevaluating my relationship with alcohol. Like, do you have any tips? And it's tough, you know, like you said before, people have all different levels of bottoms. And I really admire people who have not hit rock bottom but are sober curious or like think that maybe it's affecting them negatively like I had to be scraping the bottom of the barrel to be willing to make any kind of change um 
And it seems like a lot of people now in the last year and the last couple of years are really like looking at their relationship with alcohol and realizing that maybe it's not serving them. And somebody asked me recently if I think that our society has a problem with alcohol. And, you know, I, I don't really notice it. But once she asked me that, I started noticing it everywhere. Mm. Like there's such an emphasis on drinking. And, you know, I don't think drinking is bad. Like if you can do it and it doesn't affect your life in any negative way, like go for it. Um, but I think that a lot of people are using it as a coping mechanism and as a medicine, which is problematic. You know, I got sober when I had hit my rock bottom, but I was just as much an alcoholic the first time I went to rehab at 20 as I was at 28. Mm. Um, you know, it was just like a matter of my willingness to change. But yeah, I think it's getting more common and I hope to, you know, kind of help break the stigma around it because I think people have this idea of what an alcoholic or an addict looks like or what, even if someone's not an alcoholic, but they want to stop drinking, what sobriety looks like. I think people just think that, you know, it's like boring and you can't have any fun. And so I do talk about it because I want people to see that like you can have a really amazing, fun, fulfilled life sober. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I think that like that was my biggest misconception was what's everyone going to think of me? And it, it's almost like those little things that you realize are an issue once you take alcohol away are still like some of the things running through your mind, like when you're trying to get sober. And, you know, a lot of girls always DM me and ask me too. They're like, how did you tell your friends? Like, what's like dating? Like, like, are you comfortable around people drinking? Like, Obviously, you know, with like when you're at your bottom and you're getting sober, it's kind of something that like takes a while. But like, do you now feel like and I mean, with the pandemic, it's like totally different because we don't really do much. But I know mm -hmm. that you're obviously like married and have like this like full and exciting life. So do you kind of just like, are you like not bothered by it? Like, do you, you know, like for those girls that are like, how do you still have fun and like be around people with alcohol? Like, how is that like where you are now almost seven years sober? Um, yeah, I really don't notice it. You know, it's like, yeah. I remember really vividly being about a year sober. And at the time I was working in retail and I had to go to Vegas for a trade show. And I did a lot of damage in Vegas in my drinking, <laughs> a lot of debauchery. And, you know, going into it, I was like, oh man, it's going to be so weird to be back there. And then I had this moment when I was there that I realized like it just wasn't even registering. Like everybody around me was drinking, but there's a saying in recovery that like you're placed in a position of neutrality where like you don't recoil from it and you're also not drawn to it. And I was like, whoa, I've reached this place of neutrality where like it doesn't bother me if people want to drink. Um, either way, you know, I'm not like repulsed by it. If someone's like falling down drunk, I'm like, ooh, it's like not a good look, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but if people want to drink, like it really doesn't bother me. And in fact, especially in social situations, people don't really do this anymore, but in the beginning, which I appreciated, they would ask, like, is it okay to drink? And I was always like, please just do what you were going to do. Like, drink. Don't not drink because of me, because then that makes me feel really uncomfortable and really weird. Um, but I think for different people, like, it might be triggering in early sobriety. But yeah, I mean, the other thing, I think a lot of people are afraid of what people are going to think. And I don't know if you notice this at all, but like, 
nobody cared. I always was like, <laughs> what are people going to think if I go out and I don't order a drink? Oh my God, they're going to ask me a million questions. And like, nobody cares. Like everybody's thinking about themselves. And you know, if your friends are like good friends and want what's best for you, they'll probably be like, oh, cool, good. And then like move on to the next thing, you know, like not a whole lot of people care about like our personal alcohol consumption. <laughs> I know it's, it's a, it's a big like brain buster when you're like, wait, mm. no one cares about me yeah. as much <laughs> as I thought. Like it's a hundred percent true. Like you just realize that like everyone Cause I did the same thing. I was like, please drink. Like I, mm -hmm. it makes me uncomfortable if you're not, because a lot of my drinking was like to also make other people happy as well. Cause like mm -hmm. it made me happy, but then I wanted to, you know, get everyone on the same level. And then I realized I was like, Oh, like nothing's changed. Like you're drunk in your own head. And like, I'm just like neutral yeah. to it. Like all those like drunk thoughts are like in their, their minds. Like it's this like bizarre experience that I've like, had now where I'm like nothing's really that different unless like you said someone's like falling over on the floor but it's like so nice to just like go home and go to bed and like wake up and not like I almost get triggered if I like stay up too late oh, and yeah. I like wake up with like a headache and I'm like what did I do and I'm like Lauren you took like a melatonin and watched Bravo for way too long like you're good yeah. you didn't do anything bad <laughs> like it's so funny but I think like you said too, it's exciting once you like start peeling back the layers too, because now I'm able to kind of figure out like what I actually like like doing and mm -hmm. like care about stuff. Whereas before, like I couldn't even, you know, stick to like a skincare routine because I was like mm -hmm. too tired before bed. Like just like those mm -hmm. little things that people don't realize. And I I truly hope that one day I'm able to get on your level and like cook as much and care as much <laughs> about like like I'm still like a sloth at heart and like maybe when I'm almost at seven years I'll be like sharing my recipes and then like you know what let's aim for two years because this is getting a little it's the pandemic. I'm just going to blame it on the pandemic. Like I've reverted back to. into a toddler. Quick break to talk to you guys about another one of today's sponsors. All right, guys, if you're moody like me, you probably have a bunch of things you need to pick up from the pharmacy. No, like seriously, I you know what? You know what? This is honestly the most uh, the most important ad read, because if I miss a few days of my medication let's just say my mood goes low ladies and that used to happen a lot like honestly like I would get in trouble from my doctors so here's the thing that has helped it's called a little thing called Amazon Pharmacy in case you need a refresher here's why Amazon Pharmacy is freaking amazing it saves you time because Amazon Pharmacy delivers your medication directly to your door so no more waiting in line at the pharmacy it's easy you have your doctor's office just send your next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy you can use your insurance you guys Amazon Pharmacy works with most insurance plans nationwide and obviously Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance it is literally so easy. I love that I don't have to wait in line anymore. I never have to stress out about being late or missing my prescriptions because I don't have to stress about getting them, going to get them, dropping off the script, so on and so forth. It just shows up to my door. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash Lauren. That's Amazon.com slash Lauren. 
amazon.com slash Lauren. Back to the podcast. But like, seriously, I love how you've done a 360 like of your life and your content is like so inspiring and like that health sense too. And like, I, I think like what kind of like drew you to just the, like that kind of like Instagram and sharing content and kind of like the almost like in seven, five years ago, that was probably still like the blogger phase, huh? Mm. Yeah. So when I started it, I was like, okay, my mental health is pretty good right now. But, you know, like I said before, my body is like a little, I just feel like it got away from me. I've always been really petite. Um, but after like being emaciated when I got sober and then, and then, you know, getting sober and just kind of eating whatever, I just felt like I was out of shape. And at the time, yeah, Instagram was like, definitely not what it is now, yeah. even just five years ago. Um, but there was a workout program called BBG. I don't know if you know it. That was yeah. super popular. And everybody would like post their before and afters. And I was like, there's no way these girls are eating 200 calories a day and like working out for five hours. No way. I don't buy it. But I was like, I'm going to start an account and do the workouts and like be anonymous. That's why I have the name The Blonde Files because I didn't want anyone to know who I was. Now I'm like, <laughs> I hate it, but I'm stuck. With it. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm going to get healthy. And, and honestly, I thought that healthy meant just having abs. Like I thought that that was health. And so that was my goal at the time. And I started just posting about like my workouts and the food that I was eating, which again, at the time I was like, I'm going to have a quest bar with some halo, halo top ice cream, like for dessert, like an entire pint and like microwave the crest bar. And this is health. <laughs> like, yeah. I, the picture health. of health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just so misguided. Cause again, like I had come out of a blackout pretty much. So I just had no clue. Um, but the account kind of picked up steam pretty early on just from like other people who were doing the program and mm. I just found that I really liked it you know I've always had like an eye like a very particular eye for how things look and so I loved putting a feed together that looked cohesive and it just brought me a lot of like satisfaction <laughs> and you know I've always loved cooking um I my dad taught me to cook when I was really young and so I cooked a lot growing up and so that was fun for me and you know it just kind of like it grew. Like I didn't set out to do it. At the time I was working in behavioral health and I was doing it on the side. And then once I had like a hundred thousand followers, I was like, wait, you can make money doing this? Huh? <laughs> like I had no idea. And I kind of came to a crossroads where I was like, I can either keep doing what I was doing, which was working with people who were getting sober and their families and doing this on the side or you know, I have to pick one full time because you can't right. really be doing that kind of work and be like 70% in it and then like 30% have something on the side. Like it just took so much out of me. And at the time I was getting a lot of feedback from women that, you know, my posts and the recipes and whatever were helping them and, and the posts about sobriety and all of that. And I just felt like, you know, I was reaching a bigger audience than I could reach doing this other work. And, and I also kind of got burnt out on like working solely in sobriety mm. so that's when I switched over to doing it full-time and it just kind of again like I don't know I'm not a big goal setter I kind of just wake up every day and I'm like what can I do today and I try to ask myself like what can I do 
for someone else today? Like, how can I help somebody today? And some days I succeed. And then other days I post like an ass shot like I did yesterday and <laughs> not helping anybody. But, um, you know, if, if I kind of just stay on that path of like, what can I do that's right in front of me instead of like looking at it from a broader point of view, I tend to get way off in the weeds. Um, and it's just kind of unfolded. Like the, the website came next and then I did a couple of digital cookbooks and then the podcast, which I'm coming up on two years of. And, uh, yeah, like I never, I never really knew that I was like this wellness person until, I became this wellness person. <laughs> it just, it, well, that's what I love too, is when it happens like super organically for people. And I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, at this point that only happens years ago now, because now everyone knows that you can make money and do all this stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it's always like, what are your tips? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know at the beginning. Cause this the whole thing didn't exist. Like there were no yeah. tips to give. It just starts really organically. And now it's, you know, like these big, like little mini empires with aesthetic yeah. flow. And yeah. it's very, and trust me, the ass shots help because <laughs> it's really inspiring to see someone with a butt as someone who my family calls flat Stanley, which if anyone knows that <laughs> reference, like shout out to the Midwest school projects, but it's true. It truly is inspiring. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, I I only have a few years left of this before things start falling. So like, I am going to go with it. (laughs) No, a hundred. I like literally have asked my friends. I'm like, can you please help me? They're like, you just get the low angle. And I'm like, I'm telling you, there's no angle that is going to like work for me unless it gets straight to Facetune, which, you know, I mean, do I have Facetune too? Yes and no, but it's fine. I just have tape on my nose. (laughs) We're fine. We're fine. But um, I did want to ask you too, like, with kind of like how you've like, you know, grown through all this wellness and 360 and everything, like what are kind of those daily rituals? I love that you said you wake up and you kind of like ask yourself, like, how can I help people? I I saw you, I see you always post like the daily stoic the mm-hmm. um book and I bought it because of you because yes. your hashtag influenced me yes. <laughs> and so like what are those kind of like daily rituals that now like are they constantly like changing or do you think you've like really built this foundation over the past like seven years with figuring all these different pieces out what does it kind of look like yeah so I mean it changes but in the last couple of years I got really into transcendental meditation mm. that was like life changing. I cannot even, and whenever I start talking about this, I'm like, all right, people are like tuning out right now. People tend to glaze over when I bring up meditation. But I mean, as someone who struggles with like anxiety and um, just tending to either be in the future or the past and, and just kind of like, there was nothing that helped me. And transcendental meditation, like overnight changed my life. Um which, you know, it's just meditating twice a day for 20 minutes in silence. And it really like it helped everything. It helped not only my anxiety, but my reactivity, my relationships, my clarity, my creativity, my sleep, um, like everything. And so I do that in the morning. I do a couple readings. Um, I pray, you know, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual and do like a gratitude list and yeah, I try to think of like what what I'm going to do that day, how I can help somebody. It sounds so like Pollyanna when I say it. I'm like, oh, God, this sounds awful. Um, 
but you know, that's like 25 minutes of my morning. Yeah. And it just kind of sets the tone for the day. And then like I do my workout and that's it. And my days really change depending on whether I'm in school, what's going on. As you know, like with this kind of job, it's like every day can be different. And some days I'm really good and I'm structured and I'm organized. And other days I am like the opposite, you know, and I used to be really hard on myself about that, but I'm also a recovering perfectionist. So (laughs) a work in progress. I'm like this like recovering perfectionist that like never reached the perfection part, but like just tries so hard. And I think like, I think everyone has this like obsession of kind of like what people's day and like structures and stuff. And like the reason like why I always kind of try to bring it up is because I think the more people I ask on the podcast too, the more you realize that like everyone's just so different. And I think it Mm -hmm. also shows that there's like no right way for everyone and like figuring out what works for you. And so that's why I think the, the meditation is so cool because it's almost like this thing that we all know is going to be really helpful for us. But for some reason we can't like, we can't get ourselves to try, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I know that meditation is the right thing for me. And when I do it, I feel great. And then there's always something to stress about instead of just like sitting down and doing it. And even just all those other little things. And I think that the way people structure their days is so interesting when it's actually legit, if that makes sense, like saying mm-hmm. like, Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, sometimes I succeed, sometimes I fail. And because mm-hmm. we are, we're all like super hard on ourselves. And especially I think when you share your life on Instagram, it does look really curated and really fabulous. Some of the times, not just you, like everyone, because I'm like mm-hmm. constantly going through stories. I'm like, that's your morning routine. <laughs> like what? Like I rolled out of bed this morning with tape on my face, but I I think the meditation is so interesting because you said you sit in silence. How did you learn to do that? So you learn by going to like a TM center and learning from a teacher. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as meditation, like I'm a rock bottom person. So I have to hit rock bottom with whatever it is before I'm willing to like try something new. And I was for sure not willing to sit in silence for 20 minutes twice a day until I was like (laughs) so wrapped with anxiety and just like not, you know, I just felt again, like I was just getting kind of lost. Like I couldn't see clearly what I wanted to do and what I was doing, what's the right thing and what's the next move. And, and the anxiety was really bad. And uh, a lot of people around me were doing TM and like, it just kept popping up where like, all these people that I admired, I'd be like, oh, what's your secret? And they're like, oh, I do TM. And I'm like, okay, I need to get on this. <laughs> so uh, my husband started doing it. And then like two months later, because I'm very competitive too, I was like, well, I need to do it. And I'm going to do it better. Um, I learned how to do it. And so you go and they teach you over the course of like three days or four days, just like an hour or two a day. And it's really simple. They give you a mantra and each person's mantra is like individual and you don't tell anybody. And they teach you basically just how to sit there and meditate and you just think of your mantra. But the whole thing with TM is that it's like effortless. So you're not focusing on it. You know, your brain is going to think thoughts like rapidly. That's what it does. And you just let your brain do that and think of the mantra at the same time. And if you forget the mantra for 10 minutes and then you realize, then you just bring it back. And then the whole thing is effortless. And it is crazy. I mean, 
the second one, which I am not always good at, but the second meditation of the day is like taking a Xanax for me. Really? <laughs> it is. It has that kind of effect where afterwards I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Is it's there a pre- difference between the first one and the second one? I just feel like the morning one, in the morning, I tend to be like, okay, I have to do this and this and this. And then at one right. o'clock, I'm going to go do this. And then da, 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 da. and then when, when I do the second one at like four o'clock in the afternoon, I've done a majority of the things that I had to do. So I just have a little bit of like a calmer mind to begin with. And for some reason, it just like hits me different. It's <laughs> so good. See, now you know how to sell it to like an alcoholic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Where you're like, it's like taking a Xanax for me Nature and I'm like, Xanax. sign me up. I know, I saw your <laughs> face like, oh. Because <laughs> um, Well, that's my thing too, is like, I feel like in the morning, I at least have that like burst of energy where there's like some like sense of productivity. And for me, I, I wear off towards the end of the day. And then the anxiety hits of like, what time is it? What should I be doing now? And like, that's kind of, I mean, obviously, I'm sure that would be helped by the morning and the afternoon meditation. But I mean, you know, you're speaking my language when it's like, you have to really hit bottom in order to change. And like, for me, I'm like, well, I still get my work done. And I do wake up the next morning. So do I really need to add a meditation yet? And then of course, I, you know, get to Thursday, and I'm like, I should and, you know, the rest is history. Mm -hmm. But I do find it so interesting that that because that's the second time I've heard of just kind of the mantra meditation too. And I find it so fascinating because I'm like, really? That's like, I mean, obviously you have to get trained and learn about it, but like the fact that it's like the mantra and you're sitting and I'm just like, that's something I can co-sign as well. Mm-hmm. Because the calm app, sometimes I'm like, lady, calm down. <laughs> like lady, 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 like you're trying to seduce me over here. I'm not having any of it. But I think that's like, and I, I know we're supposed to meditate and recovery and Sometimes I do. It's great. I'm really good. Yeah. I mean, everyone's recovery is different. I like, didn't start doing it till five years. And when I did start, I mean, I kind of dabbled and I dabbled in the apps and I kind of felt just like I was listening to someone else talk and then it was over and I was like, okay, now what? You know, it just wasn't right. really, it was maybe relaxing, but it wasn't really changing anything for me. Um, but, you know, I still, like, I know the things that help me. I know that meditation helps me. I know that praying helps me. I know that journaling, I know that not getting on my phone at 6.30 in the morning in bed when I wake up is is helpful. You know, like I know these things, but I'm so resistant to doing the things that are good for me. Mm. And so, you know, I think you need to be like gentler on yourself because I go through periods yeah. too where it's like, I'm like an evangelist about meditation. I was just on a trip and I didn't meditate once. And going into it, I was like, I'm going to journal and I'm going to be meditating for like hours and it's going to be spiritual and all these things. And then like, I just didn't, you know? Um, And then you just pick it back up. Like that's like the summary of my life though, especially with traveling is like, I'm going to do this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to read by the beach and I'm going to do this. And then of course, like, you know, three days in, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't done it. And I think at least for me, like with sobriety, it's like, at least I can be gentler myself of like, oh, that was like an actual choice. Not like I got Mm -hmm. blacked out and I couldn't do it type of thing. So I'm like getting to that point, but I think it does make me feel better when people aren't as perfect as their aesthetic. You know what I mean? Because Instagram is a fabulous place, but you've got to always swipe through the question and answer. I mean, you were doing some killer <laughs> Q and A's last week. Killer. Thank you. 
like just spilling tea left and right, <laughs> like about Instagram, about your life. And I was just like, tap, tap, tap. And you didn't stop. Like you picked no. it back up day after day. I know. And then I needed to take a break because I'm sure you know, when you ask people to make assumptions about you, <laughs> they're not always nice. And no. uh, you're just opening yourself up to like, I don't know, a lot of trolling. So it was really fun doing it. And I'm going to do more. Um, because for the most part, I think they're really fun. And a lot of the questions are, are fun. And the assumptions are nice. But there are, of course, the people that are just complete assholes. Yeah. And, uh, after getting like inundated with that for a few days, I was like, all right, I, I need a break. Yeah. No, I know. I was like, I was like, wow, she's like going like going left and right and center. I was like, we're covering all the topics. And then all I the did bases. the same thing. I was like assumptions about me. And then I started getting a few that were like, oh. I was like, oh my God, you think that about me? And then you have to realize you, you got to turn the phone off. You know what I yeah. mean? But yeah, I, just, I noticed that like it gave me anxiety. Like I would do it. And then I would put my phone away and be like reading in bed before going to sleep. And I'm like, I wonder if like anyone's saying it's like that voice in your head, you know, wake up and be like, I need to check what people are. And I was like, okay, this is not healthy at all. Yeah. Like that's, that's when, you know, you're, you're getting too close to the Mm -hmm. Instagram machine, which obviously (laughs) I have been all of 2021 and then I have to put it down and force myself to read. And it's like those things that, you know, are good for you. Yeah. And I pick up the book and I'm like, I feel amazing. Why don't I more often? And then I yeah. don't get completely sidetracked with Instagram. But I'm obsessed with following you and your journey and just you. your aesthetic and every single thing. I could talk to you for hours because there's so many little like facets of just incredible spiritual nuggets and like even the spirituality of just like how good of a cook you are and like your fashion. Like true full package like tell your husband you. congrats <laughs> like huge congrats to him you know what I mean I'm just gonna play him this part when it's really <laughs> yes be like excuse me sir you struck gold what is going on like like the goals honestly but thank you where can everyone follow along and see all the different gorgeous spiritual amazing nuggets of your life so my Instagram is at Ariel Laurie and everything else, the podcast, um, my website, my TikTok, which is like not the greatest, but I try. <laughs> everything is linked there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and everyone make sure to go follow along, listen to her podcast, especially if you want to learn more about like meditation and all of that stuff. There are some amazing, amazing episodes and we are just so happy to have you on mood. So thank you. Thank you.